You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check out my Patreon. And take a look at my other YouTube channels too. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything I release. All links are in the description. An extremist member of Congress, Louis Gohmert, apparently got voted out last term and it completely slipped under my radar. I had no idea this dude was gone. Let's talk about the legacy he left behind. If you wonder who it was, here's a hint. He gets really upset when people disparage his asparagus. Greg Locke came out as a moon landing denier, seriously. The fascinating thing about this though, is that you can totally tell who Greg Locke watches based on what he talks about. Kind of coincidental that Candace Owens had a conversation with Bill Maher about believing the moon landing was faked within like a week of Greg Locke's sermon, right? Let's talk about how this conspiracy is spreading right now. A new evangelical just appeared on the scene, Mike Johnson. Well, he's always been on the scene. He just wasn't as high profile, so he never caught my attention. But holy Christ on a cracker. Now that he took the office of the Speaker of the House, I dug up some absolutely psychotic one-liners from this guy. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email, you can just go to my website, owenmorgan.com, click Contact Me in the menu button, and uh, send me a message that way. In this podcast... There's this guy that's been calling me and calling me and calling me and calling me and leaving threatening messages and being disturbing and weird and creepy and everything else. And, you know, I did a a video about him, John Wilkes Gaming or something like that. I did a video about him a little while back about like the 30 messages he left me in my voicemail system. And I pointed out how Deeply disturbing and creepy it is, some of the things that he said. Threatening me and threatening my kid. Said, you better look out for your sweet, sweet daughter or something, Kylie. It just, it was, it was a lot. It was so creepy, dude. Anyways, I did that video. And he called and apologized, apparently. Left a voicemail saying he was sorry, right? And I figured we, I'd just leave it at that. I wasn't going to bother anymore. I didn't expect that he was going to do anything psychotic i just you know i just want to be left alone well people dug up some information on the guy turns out that he's an actual pedophile like he has offended more than once like a lot and he got caught by women against predators and there's a video of him on youtube on this women against predators channel talking about what they caught him doing And he's facing down charges right now for doing some absolutely disturbing, grotesque things, right? So here you're wondering, why am I talking about this now? The reason is because he called back again and again and again and again and again. Now, as a public influencer, I have the ability to uplift and build or destroy. And I would rather uplift and build or be completely silent i don't want to destroy anybody for any reason ever but at this point i just want to put on record what's been said so everybody is fully aware because it's getting it's it's long past creepy it's beyond creepy now so check out this voicemail that he left me just like very recently listen to what he had to say here check it out hey owen john wilson gaming again Again, because he's left like 30 voicemails. 
you and I both know you don't have no proof that I asked you or your daughter. He's lit like all of the messages he's left is harassment. I have specifically asked people to leave this guy alone. I did that in the first video I put out when he first did all of this stuff. And I'm asking now, just leave the guy alone. Just leave him alone. Nobody needs to harass him or anything. That being said, he is definitely harassing me. Absolutely. I have no proof of that? What? Uh, no proof. Well, it would have been... Would have been um, reported. No proof or else it would have been reported. I just wanted to leave it alone and move on with my life. I don't feel like spending two hours down at the police station. It's a waste of my time and energy. But you know what? After the things that the dude said recently, I feel compelled to go down there and do it. Just sit there for two hours and do it. And instead of you making a video of it, like the pathetic push you are, like the pathetic loser, if you will, a little bit more polite way of saying that. Like the the pathetic loser that I am, I guess. Okay. But I'll be. I never ever harassed or threatened your sweet sweet daughter Kylie. Dude, it is so creepy when you say that. If you don't want to be viewed as a creep, I would recommend not doing that. But you have already been marked for execution by Jehovah. And you have your sweet, sweet daughter Kylie's blood on your hands as well. I'll be watching you guys. See ya. Like, does it get much more creepy than that, for real? The thing is, right now he's saying that, like, I'm marked for execution by Jehovah, but, I, like, I don't know the mindset here. It's very possible that when somebody calls in and says something like that, they believe that they are the hand of God. You know, they're executing God's interests on planet Earth. He definitely threatened me, right? Like, I don't know. I, it, there's no other way around this. I figured he was just some creep that was pissed off about something, but at this point, I really am starting to think it's more than that, honestly. I just don't want to waste two hours of my life. Like, I have so much stuff to do, and I have to go down there and sit there and wait to file a report and everything, but you know what? That's what I got to do, I guess. Anyway, I just want to put on record... A few things that, that have been said. That one was new. That was a newer message that I got. It was just from the other day. And then this happens. Check this out. This is Robert God. I'm in Maine. Lewiston, Maine. Yeah, I guess he whispered that he's in Maine. I don't know why or what that means. But yes, I know that he's in Maine already. Because... My viewers actually tracked it down and found out this is justice.gov. He has a whole article written here on justice.gov. It's a government website that details like all of the, you know, and anytime there's like a serious crime, it's detailed here. 
Portland, Maine, a Standish man pleaded guilty today in U.S. District Court in Portland to the attempted transfer of obscene material to a minor. According to court records, Cumberland County Sheriff's Office received reports that an individual later identified as blah. I mean, he told me his name, but I I don't want to bring harassment down on him. 36 had engaged in inappropriate conversations with at least two minor children using the Internet and social media. Oh, my God, dude, this is bad. So anyway, yeah, I know exactly where you live. Thank you, John. I appreciate it for you telling me that. I think everybody knows where you live. Okay, keep listening because that, that's just another voicemail. There's another coming. I have like 30 of them, okay? We're not going to sit here all day and go through them. I'm just showing you some of the relevant ones here. Owen's made one too many mistakes. Owen's made one too many mistakes, he says. Bitch. And then swears at me, I guess, okay? YouTube channel. Uh- um. So those were the newer ones that he's sent, or some of the newer ones. There are others. But listen to, this is getting back to, like, what originally made me decide to put this on record, that this is happening, that this dude is saying all this stuff. So listen to what he said here. This is one one of the original voicemails, I believe. On Bolton Gaming, 2141, from Maine. From Maine. Oh, and you picked a a wrong group of people to mess with. And and it just ended there. And I got, like, a bunch of hang-up calls and a bunch of calls of him, like, playing music in the background or breathing into the microphone or whatever. It's just weird. My YouTube channel is John Wilson Gaming 2141. You have... You better keep an eye on... Your sweet, sweet daughter, Kylie. Seriously. Somebody who is in trouble for this type of thing here probably shouldn't be talking about anybody's sweet, sweet daughter, okay? I'm just saying it throws up red flags left and right. Oh, and uh, the dude is in the middle of a trial right now and sentencing and stuff. This certainly is not going to look good in his sentencing. I hate to say this, but he needs to be removed from society for his own safety, i.e. put in jail. I'm not, I'm sorry, not for his safety, for everyone else's safety around him. He needs to be taken out of society and put in jail at this point. You picked the wrong organization to mess with. He apparently believes that he's a Jehovah's Witness, but he's not because Jehovah's Witnesses are pacifists. He says he's studying to be a Jehovah's Witness, and I'm assuming that that's just a ploy to get a lighter sentence, show that he's religious? I don't know. Yeah, it's time to get the police involved now. Like, I I was ignoring the messages, just kind of laughing at them for a while, because that was the kind thing to do to him. I was being kind to him by ignoring it. But I haven't even played the most recent voicemail yet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to that in a second. Hey, this is John Wilson Gaming Owen, and um, I know that I do have um, history with like the Women Against Predators. Yeah, they are apparently a, a group that like catfishes people who take advantage of children, to state it a, a polite way. 
and they got this guy like 12 different times or something like that. I don't even remember. There's a video out there of him with women with predators. On YouTube, I just want you and everyone to know I'm not, I'm most likely not going to go to prison. So he got caught with like 12 different counts of him like trying to entice minors and sending obscene materials to them. And now he's saying, I'm most likely not going to go to prison. Okay, go on. And, um, I mean, I'm not guilty of the crimes they're actually saying. But I have gotten a reduced... I'm most likely going to get a reduced sentence. Most likely going to get a reduced sentence, and he's not guilty of the crimes. Right, okay. This is why I took a plea deal. But bottom line is I'm not guilty. Well, by taking a plea deal, you admitted your guilt. You must admit guilt to take a plea deal. So you are guilty, actually. You admitted to being guilty in court if you took that plea deal. And also I want to make go public with the fact that I stand with and support Hamas. Stands with and supports Hamas. Who stands with and supports Hamas? I stand with and support innocent people that are caught up in this BS conflict. That includes innocent Israeli citizens. That includes women, children, and the men, and everything in between, who didn't want anything to do with anything, both in Israel and in Palestine. That's who I support. Unfortunately, right now, the Israeli government, specifically the Israeli government, is going completely over the top and is trying to enact Bible prophecy, and it's about as disturbing as it gets. Anyway, who stands for Hamas? What? Yeah, as a JW, he supports Hamas? No, he's not a Jehovah's Witness. He, he's absolutely just pretending to be a Jehovah's Witness. He doesn't know anything about their ideology or their beliefs or anything at all. If he's said the things that he said in these these videos, these uh, voicemails. Now, now he's just breathing into the microphone. I don't know if you guys could make that out. Against the Jews, against Israel. And I'm a, I think all Jews and atheists need to be exterminated, if you know what I mean. If you know what I mean, all Jews and atheists need to be exterminated, if you know what I mean. Now, that could just be him talking sh but that could be somebody who is seriously mentally unwell and believes that he is the hand of God, who's been anointed with the task of carrying out God's will. There's, there's more, if you can believe it. There's just a little bit more. Keep listening here. This is another voicemail. So that last one was brand new. And the next two are also brand new. They were sent in succession to each other. I stand with Hamas and Palestine, Owen. I don't even know why he's saying this. I have been very outspoken about the fact that I believe that Palestine should be free to live their lives or whatever. Like he's trying to get one over on me or something? Palestinians are the oppressed group right now. I stand with the Palestinians and the innocent Israelis that are caught up in this mess as well. I don't understand why he keeps repeating this. And President Biden needs to be assassinated. 
I'm sorry. What what was that? What did he just say? And President Biden needs to be assassinated. You know, that may actually be against the law to say. I'm not sure where that falls. I mean, there are some things you're legally barred from saying, though we have freedom of speech, First Amendment and everything else. There are actually limits to that. And I think that may have crossed one. I'm not I'm not sure. But you know what? I didn't feel like sitting there at the police station for two hours wasting my day. I guess we'll find out if it's illegal to say or not, won't we? He needs to be overthrown. He needs to be overthrown, okay? So now we're down to the newest voicemail that I received from from this guy. Surprisingly, equally as or even more disturbing than the others. Hi, this is John Rosen Gaming, Owen. Um, just wanted to say that I never threatened your daughter, Kylie. But... It just goes to show that when you did that video, you were only interested in using your little girl for views. I'm not using my kid for views. I'm pointing out how absolutely psychotic you are. There is something very wrong going on in your head, and I hope that the state forces you to get help for it because you're obviously not going to get that help yourself of your own free will. This is psychotic. That's all. And Kylie would be lucky if someone did take her away from there out of your inf- away from your influence. You know, that could be considered a veiled threat that he's going to do something about it. Again, Some of the shit that he said, like I need another veiled threat. Half of these weren't even veiled. Half of them were just outright, I want to exterminate you, or whatever. What is happening? I never meant your daughter any harm. I never meant your daughter any harm, okay. But you're the most dangerous person on YouTube. One of the most dangerous persons on YouTube. I mean, I'm not doing anything i'm just talking about destructive cults and oppressive religions and stuff what is dangerous about that i don't understand i feel really bad for your mother what you've put her through over all these years you should be ashamed of yourself and it doesn't matter how much security you have here's the outright threat doesn't matter how much security you have Somebody could get to you. That's all I was doing was warning you. Right. Just warning me. I'm sure you've gotten a lot worse messages than I left you. Yep, and they were reported to the FBI and followed up on. That's all I have to say right now, Owen. Uh, You know, I don't know that I've received worse threats. I think that the threats that I've received are about this bad. No, I mean, people threaten to burn my house down and stuff. I guess it depends on credibility. I mean, it's a death threat. How do you gauge which one is worse than the other? Right now, Owen. And not, no amount of security can protect you from Jehovah and Jesus' judgment.
when it comes. Just remember that. Can do, buckaroo. I appreciate those voicemails. You heard him mention my mom in there. That's a low blow. All of it was low blows, like, from beginning to end. It's absolutely psychotic. And uh, I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to, like, bring negative attention down on him. I don't want to bring, like, a hate mob down on him. That is not my intent. I don't want anybody even to contact the guy. Don't contact him, okay? If you find him, don't communicate with him in any way. Just leave the dude alone. I, I've never brought down a hate mob on anybody, and I'm not starting now. I don't want that. But I do want this to be part of the public record now, what this guy has said. Pretty obvious to me that it's death threats, right? I really don't know what else to call it at this point. I was giving him the grace of not bothering, wasting my time going down to the police station, not bothering submitting tips to the FBI or any of that stuff. But I'm pretty, I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel comfortable saying it's beyond that now, right? We're, we're past that part. He used up what goodwill and grace he had and lit it on fire over and over and over again. I just don't know what else to do here but to get the cops involved. I'm sorry, man. L listen to me. I'm saying I'm sorry, man, to somebody who left me death threats. Just leave the dude alone. No need to bother him. It's, it's best if you don't, especially when police are involved. Let the police handle it. That's really the best way to go. But you can bet your bottom dollar that I'm taking it to the cops now after those newer ones. Anyway, let me know what you think about it in the comments. Next up, an extremist member of Congress, Louie Gohmert, apparently got voted out last term and it completely slipped under my radar. I had no idea this dude was gone. Let's talk about the legacy he left behind. If you wonder who it was, here's a hint. He gets really upset when people disparage his asparagus. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. This is Louis Gohmert. A member of the Freedom Caucus in the House of Representatives, absolutely unglued from reality, this dude. Listen closely. He said, do not cast aspersions on my asparagus. May 15th, 2013. Don't cast aspersions on my asparagus. As it turns out, I'm not going to bury the lead. As I said, he's an extremist, a complete nutcase, over the top, Freedom Caucus member, Trump diehard all the way. He got removed from Congress. I had no idea. He's been in Congress for like ever, like 18 years. From 2005 to 2023 is when he was in Congress. 18 years, 18 years. And he finally got removed. It's a time for celebration, guys. I'm telling you. I had no idea he was removed from office, so let's talk about some of the crazier stuff this dude said. Let's look at his legacy in memoriam of Louis Gohmert. Rest in peace. I mean, he's not dead. He's just out of Congress. This is one of his uh, more famous moments right here. Actually, I have a TikTok, and I showed this video on TikTok forever ago, and it went semi-viral. I think it got a couple hundred thousand views or something like that. Mid-May 2022, Gohmert and Marjorie Taylor Greene show up to the D.C. jail where the January 6th defendants are being held, and they say this. Check it out. ...to match them. We have been denied the ability to go back and have a tour. We've been denied uh, even a phone call from any 
answer back. So that's why we're here today at her office to say you need to give us a visit. You owe this to all of the people that we represent across the country. And, and then this city needs cleaned up. There's homeless people all over the city. Crime is out of control. And it has a jail that is... Okay, so Marjorie Taylor Greene showed up at a jail to complain about Washington, D.C. being dirty. Go on. That is, that is clearly, clearly a dangerous place uh, for people to be because we're dying last week. And then these pretrial January 6th defendants are, are, have been held months on end uh, being abused as political prisoners of war. Political prisoners of war. That's a relevant thing for a, con a member of Congress to say. If January 6th defendants are prisoners of war, if she views them as prisoners of war, then she believes that she's at war, right? She believes that the January 6th people are at war with the U.S. government. So I guess she wants them to have all of the rights of a prisoner of war, according to the Geneva Conventions, presumably. And that means that as a sitting member of Congress, she's committing treason by giving aid or comfort to the enemies of the United States, the declared enemies of the U.S., a sitting member of Congress shows up to support insurrectionists against the U.S. government, calls them prisoners of war, and demands they're freed. Seriously. And Louis Gohmert standing right next to her the entire time. I am so glad this dude is out of office. It took 18 years longer than it should have. Should have never been there. I, not only federal judges, uh, prosecutors of the Department of Justice, uh, but also the D.C. jail where Kathleen Landerkin is probably still the deputy warden. And she says herself how much she hates Republicans, hates Trump, and hates the people that are... Dude, I don't even know if any of this is true. She could be completely fabricating all of this for all I know. Just look it up. Fact check everything. These people seriously need help. But you know what? That's not my problem anymore for Louis Gomer. I'm comfortable talking about him despite the fact that he's out of a position of power, out of office, because he's a reflection of the extreme beliefs that are so pervasive in U.S. society today. But at least I'm comforted knowing he can't hurt us anymore. He's done. He's out. So there is that. Little, a little bit of a shining light in a sea of darkness, some good news. Marjorie Taylor Greene and Gohmert have been running this grift for years. If you, you're looking at the screen, I'm circling Gomert right now. He is on the right. If you're not listening, just trust me when I say I'm circling Gomert with my mouse. Gomert's on the right. Marjorie Taylor Greene's talking to the press. They both showed up to the D.C. jail. Again, July 29th, 2021. I guess this is their first appearance because the other one was 2022. This is six months after the insurrection took place, or seven months. Listen to what they had to say. Seven months after an insurrection, and they're defending these people. Just a moment ago. Uh, they told, me, told us that we were trespassing, but when I went to the... Oh, look, it's Matt Gates too, and Paul Gosar. I didn't recognize them before with their masks on. Really. Detention Center in California, ICE and U.S. Marshals were wonderful. They gave us a full tour. Um, and it was it was a beautiful, clean facility. And I was I thought, wow, America is the most generous country in the world. It's so weird to see 
such a fervent anti-masker wearing a mask, right? Like a normal one, too. It doesn't even say some stupid thing like censored or Trump won or some other inflammatory remark, inflammatory, pointless remark. And how we treat people that have broken laws to come in our country. And normally we go somewhere that's Sir, federal. Are you the, we are you uh, the show our ID, our congressional ID, 435 okay. of these. Then I think we're, we're waiting to like speak this. to the supervisor. Dude, what? Oh, One American News Network showed up. OAN, they showed up there to interview them, of course. Case. Yeah, I mean, it's very unusual for members of Congress to oh, be denied the opportunity to inspect a facility. We've all had the chance to do that before, so we're wondering why this circumstance is so unique. All right, so we're stepping outside right now. This is just cringy and terrible, dude. Absolutely cringy and terrible. It appears the supervisor is actually out here. And we're going to see what they have to say. It seems that they are avoiding them. They're Seriously, defending traitors to the U.S. government. They're defending traitors to the U.S. government right now is what they're doing as sitting members of Congress. And what's worse, this guy on the left here, the far left, this is Paul Gosar. He's got so many problems, I don't even know where to start. He's been on the most extreme of the most extreme TV networks and, and everything else. And sadly... He wins by default every single time. He never has a competitor. He just walks right into Congress. He's done minimal campaigning or none because it's a safe district for Republicans and there don't seem to be any primaries. It's insane. Here's another classic, if you will, from Louis Gohmert going back it and looking at his old legacy. Mid-October 2019, he had some remarks on the upcoming 2020 election had not happened yet. If the election in 2020 goes the wrong way, we're done. We'll keep fighting. You know, people have said, yeah, you'd been one of the last ones at the Alamo, probably. But you'll be one of the last ones at the Alamo, probably. What that means, veiled language. There was a battle at the Alamo and it came down to the last man, practically. I think it was a war between the the United States and in Mexico. Is that right? Is that what, where like the Battle of the Alamo took place? Anyways, he's saying that he wants to fight a war against the U.S. government in a veiled way. Two weeks before an election or so. And he says that stuff. I'm so glad this dude is gone. It's a cause worth fighting for. Now, if hate crime legislation is not changed... I said it back when it when it was being brought up. If this passes, someday it'll be used to prosecute Christian ministers for reading from the Bible. Okay, I don't know what hate crime legislation there was at the time, but who the hell votes against hate crime legislation? Really? I got. Let me see if I can find out what this hate crime legislation was. 2019 federal hate crime bill. Yeah, this is March 7th, 2019. Well, I'm not sure which hate crime Billy's talking about, but I will tell you this. There's never, to my knowledge, ever been a an unreasonable hate crime bill proposed in Congress before. Never. I don't ever remember a time when that happened. And Louis Gohmert over here is coming up with an excuse to vote against hate crime bills. Seriously. Who... Votes against hate crime bills. You ever sit there and think to yourself, am I the baddie? 
Am I the one that's wrong here? Am I the bad guy? Am I like the Nazi if we were in 1942? Has that ever like knocked around his head before at all? And on top of all that, he thinks a hate crime bill is going to be used to prevent Christians from reading the Bible? What? Not changed. I said it back when it it was being brought up. If this passes, someday it'll be used to prosecute Christian ministers for reading from the Bible. How would a hate crime bill be used to prosecute ministers from reading from the Bible? What? And they thought I was talking about homosexuality. I didn't want to give them any ideas, but what I had in my mind back then was someday they're going to come after Christians for saying, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one goes to the Father but by me. That's hateful. That's mean-spirited. Give me a break. This dude is unglued from reality. My God. I'm just, I'm so glad that this guy is no longer in Congress. FRC action, huh? Let's see. Where is that? Is that what I think it is? Please tell me that's what I think it is. Is this a family research council? I think it is. Yep, it is. It's the family research council. He's got the frcaction.org like website listed on his little lectern here. You know what's special about Family Research Council? Josh Duggar, of all people, worked there for a while. He was employed by the Family Research Council. Same people Louis Gomert is speaking to. You ever think to yourself, I'm the bad guy? You ever look at the other people on your team fighting for your cause? See what they're doing, downloading content that shows children being mistreated terribly. You ever found yourself on a team where your teammates are doing that kind of thing? If you do, reevaluate. I'm not saying you're on the wrong team necessarily. I'm just saying think about it, okay? Just look at where you are and what's happening around you and really process it for once. Jesus Christ. And that brings us to... The gem of Louis Gohmert, his probably most famous moment in, in his entire legacy. So I think Louis Gohmert is in a committee hearing or whatever, and he's arguing with Eric Holder. And he just gets so heated that he goes off about his asparagus for some reason. I don't know. I don't understand it either. Just listen. May 15th, 2013. The gentleman's characterization of the attorney general's answer is not appropriate exercise of the gentleman's right of personal privilege. The gentleman may complete his statement and then we'll move on. All right. Thank you. Uh, the attorney general made statements that what I said was not true when actually uh, the reverse is what happened. I asked the Mr. attorney Mr. general Chairman, what Mr. was Chairman, asked. This is my point of personal no, privilege and then the gentleman will point of personal privilege means that this is his turn to talk to interject and correct the record on something and it sounds like he's i'm guessing he's not talking about what he received the point of personal privilege for in the first place talking about something totally different oh it's not point of personal privilege yes it is so when you attack somebody's integrity and say they made statements that were not true dude louis gomert has no integrity and uh, just a piss-poor reputation that's fallen through the floor over the years. How did this dude keep getting re-elected? 
from 2005 to 2023. How did that happen for real? Then, of course, uh, that is uh, raises a point of personal privilege. But the attorney general failed to answer my question. What... Now he's going on to a new subject and he, his point of personal privilege is over. Sir, my the question And there it is. Gomert is upset, knows he's not going to get his word in to argue with people. And as a rebuttal, a retaliation, he really gets on to people about the aspersions that they're casting against his asparagus. Dude's really upset about that asparagus. I get it. Asparagus is important to me, too. Gentlemen, it's regular order, Mr. Chairman. Aspersions Gentlemen. on my asparagus. Anyway, I think that's probably Louis Gohmert's most famous line of all time ever. And uh, that is his legacy. He has cemented his legacy as somebody who's... You know what? I'll let Pastor Greg Locke say it for me. I'm dumber than a box of rocks in a lot of areas. Facebook just makes people think I'm smart. I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate that input there, Greg. Uh, that was really succinct and to the point and exact. So thank you for that. Let me know what you think about Louis Gomert, about his asparagus, his legacy. Let me know what you think about the fact that he was removed from office. I had no idea. It's a day of celebration today. Next up, Greg Locke came out as a moon landing denier. Seriously. The fascinating thing about this, though, is that you can totally tell who Greg Locke watches based on what he talks about. Kind of coincidental that Candace Owens had a conversation with Bill Maher about believing the moon landing was faked within like a week of Greg Locke's sermon, right? Let's talk about how this conspiracy is spreading right now. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. Do I believe we went to the moon? No! And you ought to sue your brain for non-support if you do believe we went to the moon. Nobody ever went to the moon. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. This is Greg Locke. He's a megachurch pastor, televangelist, just all around not a fantastic person. Apparently spreading the conspiracy theory that the moon, that we've never been to the moon. Now, what I find really interesting about some of these pastors is you can tell who they listen to or what shows they watch and things like that based on the conspiracies they espouse in any given moment, right? Like Greg Locke talking about the moon and never having walked on it right now perfectly lines up with Candace Owens going on Bill Maher's, I don't know, podcast or whatever it is that he does and talking about the fact that she thinks the, we never landed on the moon perfectly lines up with it. So I wanted to listen to what Greg said about it. And then I want to listen to what Candace Owens had to say about it. If you are, you're unfamiliar with Candace Owens, she's just a far-right extremist. She agreed with Kanye West when he went on his media tour talking about how evil Jews are and all this other stuff. It's insane, dude. Insane. She also works for Ben Shapiro, of all people, on the Daily Wire, seriously. Anyway, yeah, let's give this a listen. Let's see what old Greg Locke here has to say about the moon landing being fake, and then we'll listen to Candace Owens' r remarks on the subject. This is late October 2023 when Locke's video came out, mid-October 2023 when Candace Owens' video came out. So check out Locke, late October 2023. Of course we've been lied to by the government. Okay, I get that. 
Of course you can fake pictures. I get that. Do I believe we went to the moon? No. And you ought to sue your brain for non-support if you do believe we went to the moon. Nobody. It's just like we're going to get into the science of it a little bit more in a second, but it blows me away that there's such overwhelming evidence against what he's claiming right now. And he claims it anyways. Not only that, not only did he espouse the idea that the moon landing was faked, but apparently he's hosting or hosted a debate with another pastor in the area about the earth being flat. Surprisingly, this blew me away when I found out Greg Locke seems to be on the side of the earth is not flat. I mean, all of these conspiracy theories somehow go hand in hand with each other. Why is it that Every time I find somebody that accepts one of these conspiracies, they're almost guaranteed to accept all of them. And we keep listening here. Support, if you do believe we went to the moon, nobody ever went to the moon. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. 50 years and we ain't been back, got more technology. We have been back. Are you kidding me? 50 years we haven't been back. Yes, we have. We went back to the moon like 12 times. We'll talk about it in a couple of minutes, how many times we went back and who went back and everything. Years and we ain't been back, got more technology in your hand that they had to send a rocket up 50 years ago. Well, I mean, yeah, we do have a lot of technology in our hand. There was a big boom in the 90s, 2000s, in the 80s, honestly, too. That doesn't mean we were incapable of doing that. Like, what? Of course, we've never been to the moon, okay? Hemet and all these Twitter people. Okay. Talk about Hemet Meta. We've never been to the moon, so go ahead and clip it and get me a Newsweek this week. Uh, whatever. Shut up. Like, I just think it's ridiculous. That's all. I just think it's a ridiculous thing to believe. You know what? I, I played this a minute ago. I'm going to just keep this on tap just in case I need it again. I'm dumber than a box of rocks in a lot of areas. Facebook just makes people think I'm smart. Thank you so much, Greg. I really appreciate your contribution to the conversation. So anyways, Greg Locke apparently listens to Candace Owens. I believe that he does. There are other examples of this where various different hate preachers, I, like I love to know who they're listening to that brought them to these conclusions. I have other examples of hate preachers espousing things that are very obviously from very specific people, right? Like Steven Anderson of the NIFB, you know, hate preacher, extremist, talks about hating gay people all the time. After five years as a so-called Christian. That guy, yeah. He went on this whole rant about Alex Jones hosting Kanye on his, uh, you know, on, on Infowars or whatever, and talked about how Kanye doesn't know what he's talking about, even though Kanye and... Steven Anderson are both anti-Semitic nutcases, even though like Alex Jones is seemingly an anti-Semitic nutcase. Like they're all in agreement with each other. And somehow they found these weird little disagreements to have. Anyway, the point is, I love finding out where preachers get their information from. With Steven Anderson, it's Infowars. It's Alex Jones, you know. With Greg Locke, it seems to be Candace Owens and The Daily Wire. So check this out. October 22nd, 2023, Bill Maher, who was once ostensibly on the left, but really isn't on the left at all anymore. He's on the right. In fact, he's kind of drifting toward the far right at this point. Bill Maher gets Candace Owens on his podcast to talk, and here's how the conversation went. Spoiler alert, not well. 
Don't you not believe, like, in the moon landing? So I'm supposed to believe you about climate? I, I think it's so funny how people take... Well, first off, I know what I'm talking about with the climate stuff, so... No, she doesn't. I'm just going to go ahead and promote... Well, you're not the only one. Yeah, well, I mean... And don't even give her that. Don't even say you're not the only one. No, you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I guess it's an okay debate strategy on Bill Maher's part because it, it keeps her guard down, and it still affirms the point that she is not the only expert in the field. Even in her head, she shouldn't consider herself the only expert. You're not the only one. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you should probably realize no. like, that there is, in the same way that there are narratives, I think you're now more awake to. The climate hoax is one that funds trillions of dollars. And okay. we are not running out of space. You could fit the entire world if you stacked it like New York City in Dallas. So Okay, first of all, we're not talking about how many people can fit in how small of a space. You could fit those people in a space as big as Dallas, probably, I'm assuming. I mean, I don't even know if that's true, but let's just take that as an argument, or for the sake of argument, let's accept the premise. You can fit everybody in the world into Dallas if it was packed in like New York City. Each person needs a minimum of 10 acres, I believe, to feed them. I don't remember exactly what the number is, so don't quote me on that. To feed them, they need an amount of space to farm land and grow food and, you know, raise pigs and chickens and cows and whatever. Or you get the occasional vegan, you got to grow the various, you know, tofu and kale and things like that. So it's not just how densely you can pack people into a tiny little area. You have to feed these people, too. Actually, out of curiosity, how much space does the average person use food grow? Okay, I don't know if this is true or not, but it appears... I'll, I'll see if I can look this up after the fact, and I'll add it in edits afterward if I can find the answer to this. In How to Grow More Vegetables, John Jevons claims you can sustain one person on 4,000 square feet with 60% of that space dedicated to interplanted grains and legume or, or beans and stuff, legumes or beans. The rest of the space would be taken up by high-calorie root crops, 30%, and vegetables, 10%. That's with high soil fertility and in a climate with at least six-month growing season, so you can get in three plantings in that space. Use some of his methods with good results. I've never tried to grow all my grains and legumes, blah, blah, blah. So 4,000 square feet. Okay, so I think that like 4,000 square feet is a tenth of an acre. You need at least that much space per person to grow food and to move around and store their car and, and their goods and their whatever. You can't just pack people in densely like that. So she's already like creating this ridiculous scenario that would never happen and could never work the entire world if you stacked it like New York City in Dallas. So Fit. I just said. It's you not said about... Fit, but the point is, is that the fi hurricanes are down. The whole idea that every... Hurricanes are down? What? What is she talking about? This is statista.com, and this appears to be a chart of how many hurricanes, major hurricanes there were, category three, four, or five, over the years. So... You can see from the 70s to the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, 2020, you can see that there is a rise in hurricanes, although it's largely remained static in this graph. 
See if I can find like a, a larger, longer graph with like a waveform attached to it here. Tropical slash subtropical storms and hurricanes, 1878 to 2020. Very obvious steep jump here. 1878 to 2018. There's obviously a steep jump when you look at like the entirety of the graph. So, I mean, she's just like lying nonstop. That's what Candace Owens does. She's a propagandist world if you stacked it like new york city in dallas so fit i just said it's you not said about fit, but the point is is that the fine hurricanes are down the whole idea that every time it rains it's because well, you know something bad is happening nobody says every time it rains it's because something bad's happening with the climate that's weather not climate they're different she must know that every time it rains it's because well, you know something bad is happening is like it's it's okay what was your climate disaster growing up? Mine was mine was global warming. They don't even say it anymore. They don't. That's because we switched from global warming to climate change. They're the same thing. Because people like Candace Owens go outside and pick up a snowball and say, look, see, the earth isn't getting warmer. We have snow. So climate change is actually a more accurate descriptor of what's happening anyway. She's going to be looked at. She's going to be viewed as a Nazi at some point in history. A hundred years down the line, people are going to look at her and say she is the reason why, at least partially, the reason why we are in the situation we're in and why we nearly all died. I believe that's what's going to happen. We'll see. She's on the wrong side here. The wrong side of history. Anyway, global warming and climate change are the same thing. That's the point. What was your climate disaster growing up? Mine was, mine was global warming. They don't even say it anymore. They don't say global warming no, anymore? No, they don't. No, they say climate change. They, they went from global Maybe cooling. Maybe not in your bubble, but from, in the world they no, do. No, they don't. They went from global cooling to global warming. They never were in global. No one was ever talking about It was one. That's such a stupid talking point that you keep repeating. It's a zombie lie. Okay, Bill Maher sucks. He's terrible on trans issues, on a ton of different issues. He's moving further and further to the right right now. But on this one thing... He's right, and I love it. He just shreds her for it. ...point that you keep repeating, it's a zombie lie. It was one article in one magazine in one day, one week in Newsweek or something. Nobody was talking about global cooling. Yes, we understand that the planet is always changing. That's a different story. No, there, was, there was a whole... Candace Owens knows that. She must know it. Uh, you can't convince me that she's an honest actor. You know, people ask me sometimes... Do I think Jehovah's Witnesses governing body members are honest actors? Do I think they're real? Or do I think that they're just pretending, they're faking it? It's like an age-old question with every cult leader that I deal with. I have to face the question, were they doing this cynically, just using the people around them? Or were they true believers as well? I think almost in every single case, it's a mix. I think they're cynically using people around them and even lying on occasion to try to bring more people into the group. But I think they do believe it by and large anyways. They'll just stretch it a little bit to make it seem more credible. You know, like Heaven's Gate, the belief that there's a comet that's coming and there's a spaceship behind the comet and we all have to check out together to hitch a ride on this comet and blah, blah, blah. With Candace Owens, I... I think that she, I think it's all cynicism with her. Her and Dave Rubin both. I don't think that they believe anything they say. I think they are all in for money and fame. That's it. And power. 
I I am hard pressed to believe that she buys any of the nonsense that she spreads. Really, different story. No, there was there was a whole climate alarm alarmism via the IPC for global cooling. No, there wasn't. There, okay. <laughs> there was. There was not a global. I mean, what does that even mean exactly? There's an, a climate alarmism over global cooling. What does that mean exactly? There wasn't. But do you uh, believe people landed on the moon? Well, 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 let's just back because that up. Because if you don't, because then going, I think that's no, 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 no. I think that you really sets taking, a standard for this discussion. Oh, I love it, dude. She spent the entire conversation trying desperately to avoid that subject. She didn't want to talk about it. But the answer ultimately is no. She doesn't think we landed on the moon. And she gets to it in a second. People did land on the moon. I don't know. Okay, there we go. I don't know. I, I do know. I just want to know why we didn't go back. We did. Did go back. What did we go back? What year? To the moon? Were we people on the moon? Yeah. Okay. I'm asking now a serious question. What she's just like there's nothing knocking around up there, is there? Or is there something knocking around up there? And she's pretending to be an idiot. Which is it? It's so hard to know for sure. I think she's feigning ignorance. Honestly. I think she's fake. This question: When when did we go? When did we, we back to people landed, walking on the moon? Sixty nine. Okay. July twentieth, nineteen sixty nine. Yeah. The, I was born on the twentieth anniversary of the moon landing. Interestingly enough, as you'll see in a second, Bill Maher doesn't actually know. So let's just find out. We'll find out together. When did we land on the moon? Who landed on the moon? Let's just see. Let's see what we can get here. List of missions to the moon. Okay, so we had a bunch of launches to the moon, and then we had. Uh, in every decade, basically, 1950s, 60s, 70s, zero launches to the moon in the 80s. Then we had seven in the 90s, nine in the 2000s, the 2010s, the 2020s. We've had a bunch of launches to the moon. In fact, we've had 36 successful moon landings, it appears. So Buzz Aldrin was in the first trip to the moon, as was Neil Armstrong, obviously. And I think those were the two people who walked originally. Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin were the first of 12 human beings to walk on the moon total. Yep. Buzz Aldrin also famously punched a flat earther who called him a liar. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong, the first people, uh, July 20th, 1969. And then there was one guy who was going to stay in, what do you call like a ship or whatever, that was going to orbit the moon. While Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin collected samples and walked around and did whatever. He was going to stay in this ship. And for a split second, well, not even a second, I think it was like a few hours, right? He was behind the moon and completely and totally cut off from humanity. The most isolated human being ever to have lived for a second. When he went around to the other side, he had no radio communication with the others that were on the moon, no radio communication with Earth, nothing. Michael Collins stayed aboard the command module Columbia, serving as a communications link and photographing the lunar surface. So, Wow, that sucks for him, right? You got a couple of people walking on the moon and you don't get that opportunity? That's, that's heartbreaking. Came all that way. I guess somebody had to do it, huh? Here's a list of people who've landed on the moon. We got Neil Armstrong, Apollo 11, Buzz Aldrin, also Apollo 11. Then we had Apollo 12, Pete Conrad, Alan Bean. Apollo 14, Alan Shepard, Edgar Mitchell. Apollo 15, David Scott, James Irwin. 16, John Young, 
Charles Duke, 17. Gene Sermon and Harrison Schmidt. Apollo 11, the first successful landing on the moon, was July 20th, 1969. Then we had Apollo 12, which was November 19th to 20th, 1969. Um, Apollo 14 was 1971. Apollo 15 was 1971. Apollo 16, 1972. Apollo 17, 1972. And yeah, this, so that was the end, Apollo 17. I'm not sure if we went back after that or not, but that seems to be the tentative list right now. So Candace Owens was asking a direct, specific question. How many people have landed on the moon? What were their names? And when did they land? There you go. We have the answers. It's not that hard to find. All she had to do is a, a simple Google search. But she does this type of thing. It's a strategy. She asks a factual question that is easily answered if you have information in front of you when she's in a debate and hopes that the other person doesn't actually know the answer because then she can make them look like they lost the debate if they didn't know the answer. The answer's out there. Just had to look it up. We went back like 10 more times. Who went back? Who walked on the moon? America. You know, the... No, but like, what were the astronauts' names? Educate me. Why what are you... Remembers what the astronauts' names were. The, the, the... That's a big... It's a pretty big deal to walk on the moon. The first guy, and then after that, yes. Who then else people... walked on it? I How don't many? remember the name. 12. And we just went through the list. They're, they're in there. It, like another dozen. Okay. He's actually correct. Pretty close. 12 total, including Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. Yeah. Are you, we, okay. A lot of other dozen humans walked on the moon? Yes, Americans. All Americans. Okay. We don't remember that. We name. kept going back. Uh, Apollo 13 was the one they made the movie about. That was the one they aborted. But that was after we had landed. Apollo 11, I think, was I'm the not one. talking about space missions. I'm talking about actual people walking yes, on the moon. Yes, landing on the moon and walking on it. First of all, it's... It, it is an impressive scientific feat. It's not out of the realm of, like, how could that possibly happen? I feel like the only way that you can come to the conclusion that the moon landing was fake is through a combination of things. A, distrusting the government to the bottom of your heart, and not just the government, distrusting literally any authority of any sort anywhere, not even just the U.S. government. But the Russian government and the Chinese government and the Canadian government and everybody and not just the governments, but like their space agencies, they all acknowledge that we landed there. Everybody like private companies and space agencies and governments across the world acknowledge it. So I guess that means like what they're in on the plot to deceive you. People arrive at this conclusion through a mix of two things a distrust of every authority figure on the face of the planet, and a propensity to believe ridiculous things, to think that, you know, the earth is flat or something. A willingness to accept absolutely absurd premises. That's how you end up where Candace Owens is, if this really is her position. 250,000 miles away, they had figured out enough to be able to do it, even with computers that they had in 1969. Um, yes, it's risky, and we did lose people doing it. Um, but we did do it. I mean, plainly. I mean, the idea that you could think that this was some sort of hoax, I, I'm sorry, but it colors everything else. I, I'm just saying that, like, say. I'm, I'm just not. Absolutely, 100%. It colors her entire worldview. It, it feels like this is 
Bill Maher being exposed to who she really is for a moment. Like, he he agrees with Candace Owens on vaccine stuff, probably ivermectin, I'm guessing, I don't know, on trans issues and a whole bunch of other things. So he's like, they're side by side with this stuff. But then he listens to her talk about a different subject that he has more information on, that he knows better about. And he sees her for who she truly is, a grifter, a scam artist, completely full of it. Or, as Greg Locke would say, I'm dumber than a box of rocks in a lot of areas. It's got to be one of those things, right? He's finally having this revealed to him. Thing that like I'm, I'm just not like you're I feel like you're just trying to find this one like, I've never talked about this on my show you're literally talking about one funny tweet it's thread. relevant it's really it's not relevant that relevant that you won't say no I absolutely just... people walked on the moon <laughs> it's real it, it is extremely relevant because it shows where her headspace is and this should be a clue to Bill like you are listening to somebody who believes in the moon landing hoax stuff and all kinds of other hoaxes. You think she accepts evolution? She, I'm very confident, believes in a young Earth. How is it that Bill Maher went from making a documentary about atheism called Religious to sitting across from somebody like this and finding common ground and sharing ideas with her and saying, yeah, 100%, you're totally right about the vaccines and the whatevers. I don't even know. The trans kids and stuff. Get back in touch with reality, Bill, please. The moon. It's relevant. <laughs> I, I Not to that. beat a dead horse, but if you think the moon landing is a hoax, it colors my view of what you think of the global warming being a hoax. Okay. So let's I did, get I, but to... I never said the moon landing is a hoax. Well, you said I said you name did... one conspiracy theory. So she's describing the tweet that she put up. The tweet said something like, Describe a conspiracy theory that gets you every time you hear it. And she said, mine is the moon landing or whatever. So she did say that she thinks it's a hoax. And she just said a minute ago, she doesn't believe that we visited the moon. Seriously? She's going to back off of it now. She doesn't want to talk about it, apparently. She realizes how absolutely absurd it is. I never said the moon landing is a hoax. Well, you said, I said you name one conspiracy theory. No, that no, I almost, asked you point that blank. almost got you. I, I said I don't you... know anything about. I don't know anything about. I can't I even don't... debate you. You're sitting here but... telling me that twelve men have gone on the moon since. I don't know anything about it. And so I keep a very. Okay. I think that if there's one thing that people will say about me is I don't come into conversations about things that I don't know. So I'm not going to. You know, honestly, I think that she probably said that in the first place on Twitter simply to make people feel that she was on their wavelength, if those people are indeed conspiracy theorists. And suddenly she has a group of, of fervent donators, listeners, and believers like that once she kind of hints at it. And she just has to hint at it. She doesn't have to come out and say, I believe it was a hoax, and then make her whole channel about that. She just has to say, yeah, maybe it was. I don't know. Suddenly she has a massive crowd of people who will hang on her every word. I think it's all a grift with Candace Owens, honestly. I really do. I don't think that there's a genuine bone in her body. I think she's faking from beginning to end, and I think the same about Ben Shapiro, her boss, and I think the same of Dave Rubin. I think these people are, just my personal opinion, shameless scam artists looking for their next big hit. 
That's what I think of these people, honestly. I think Bill Maher is just a poor sucker who got pulled into a ridiculous conspiracy with the COVID stuff, vaccines in general. He's always hated vaccines. I don't think he's bad faith. I just think he's, um, what was it again? I'm dumber than a box of rocks in a lot of areas. That one. That one. Anyway, let me know what you think about it in the comments. I think these people are ridiculous. Next up, a new evangelical just appeared on the scene, Mike Johnson. Well, he's always been on the scene. He just wasn't as high profile, so he never caught my attention. But holy Christ on a cracker. Now that he took the office of the Speaker of the House, I dug up some absolutely psychotic one-liners from this guy. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. This guy you see on screen here in the corner is a guy named Mike Johnson. Now, he is a new evangelical that came on the scene very, very abruptly and suddenly. I didn't know anything about this guy, but out of the blue, he became Speaker of the House. So he's like third in line in the line of succession to become president. If the president dies, the vice president dies, this guy's next. He's calling the shots. So you could say he's like two heartbeats away from the presidency. But what's really relevant about this is the fact that he is about as extreme as it gets in evangelicalism. So I want to look at some of the things that he had to say. I don't think he's going to be in power forever. But seeing the arguments evangelicals lay down, whether they're in a position of power or not, is valuable in its own right, I think. So check out this clip from this guy where he comes out against pretty much everything. Evolution, no-fault divorce. Uh, God, I'm not going to spoil it. Just give this a listen. Now, some of y'all were around in the late 60s. You remember that what that was about, the countercultural revolution, Woodstock and drugs and peace and free love and all that, but more about the undermining of the foundations of religion and morality. Right, so his people just enjoying themselves in the 60s, the late 60s, just having a good time and realizing that, you know, they don't have to do everything exactly as their parents said they should. They can live their own lives and, and enjoy themselves. Well, that's wrong. Apparently, you have to fall in line, do exactly as your parents say. Show up to church every Sunday, win souls for Jesus, and shut your mouth, I guess. Because you, if you remember, in the late 60s, we invented things like no-fault divorce laws. We invented uh, the sexual revolution. Jesus, dude, no-fault divorce laws. If you don't know what no-fault divorce laws are, it's the idea that people can just get divorced because they want to get divorced, and you don't have to have some reason behind it. There are some states out there right now who will bar you from getting divorced unless there's a good, valid reason with proof and everything. It's a way to keep people subjugated to their partners, refusing to allow them to leave. It's no-fault divorce is part of gender freedom, for lack of a better term. It's part of raising women up to a position of equality. It's just like abortion is. They're not tied to this person or this thing or this lifestyle or whatever because a mistake was made or because somebody hurt them or for any reason at all. Women are free to make choices for their own lives. Not with no-fault divorce. That's, it's just one more like chip away 
at the pillar that is women's rights. Just one more chip. And he wants to get rid of no-fault divorce. Oh, and birth control. He doesn't like birth control either. Uh, the sexual revolution. We invented um, uh, radical feminism. We invented legalized abortion in 1973 where the, the, the state, the government. You know, I got bad news for you, bud. Um, abortion existed long before 73, actually. And to my knowledge, it, it wasn't illegal before 73. It was just solidified as legal at that time. Where, the, where the, the state, the government, sanctions the killing of the unborn. All these things happen because as collectively as Americans, we began to get together in, in growing numbers and thumb our nose at the Creator and say, we don't believe that anymore. We're rejecting the Founders' natural law philosophy in favor of moral relativism, and we are going down another path. Now, what we tolerate in moderation, our children excuse in excess. What happens when you... Wait, what does that mean? We, what we tolerate in moderation, our children excuse in excess? What does that mean? So if we tolerate people being gay in moderation, just, you know, don't uh, kiss somebody or hold their hand in public. I guess that's tolerating in moderation. What we tolerate in moderation are children excuse in excess. So it's okay if they hold hands and kiss in public. We'll excuse that. Is that what he's saying? I think that's like the line of thinking that he's using right now. Well, I got bad news for you there, uh, Mike. People are free to do what they want with their lives, or they at the very least should be. According to the UN Declaration of Human Rights, which is pretty comprehensive, reasonably, people should be allowed to live their lives, do what they want, and not be targeted for hate or harassment or prevented from doing what they want to do as long as it's not affecting somebody else negatively. But Mike here, being a constitutional lawyer and a, a, a scholar and an extremely educated person in this subject, apparently doesn't believe that people should have the right to live their own lives. Apparently doesn't stand for the values that the Constitution espouses. Fast forward another 30 or 40 years. Well, here's a picture's worth a thousand words. Go to the next one for me. Oh, my God. Picture's worth a thousand words, he says. The picture says San Francisco atheists want choice. I mean, so I guess, what is this? Is this saying atheism exists, abortion exists, and then there's a picture of a cross? I don't understand what that means. Like, what is he so upset about here? Let's go to the next one for me. I mean, we know that we're living in a completely amoral society. And so people say, how can a young person go into their schoolhouse and open fire on their classmates? I'll tell you how. I'll tell you how a young person can do that. By going down to the gun shop. Hell, Walmart. Buying a gun with no waiting periods and no background checks and no nothings. Or hell, going down to a, a gun show. Just go to like a, what do you call it? Like, a, you know, an open air show where people are showing off their guns and stuff. And just go buy one there. Or find a gun that's laying in your dad's closet or dresser or whatever. Because everybody from here to Texas has 16 guns. There's a gun behind every blade of grass in the United States, and it's really, really easy to access one if you're a young kid. That's how. He asked how a kid can do it. We know how. They just go buy them, or they just grab their parents. Is he going to address the fact that there are too many guns floating around society right now in the United States? Too many? Is he going to address that, or is he going to blame who he has on screen here, atheists, abortionists, 
Is this sounding familiar? Jerry Falwell Sr. said this exact same thing after 9-11. God allowed 9-11 to happen to America because we have feminism in America, because we have abortion and atheism and stuff. God's punishing us for having those things. For people being allowed to make free choice, God's punishing us. This dude is psychotic. Okay, tell me how kids do that, Mike. In a completely amoral society. And so people say, how can a young person go into their schoolhouse and open fire on their classmates? Because we've taught a whole generation, a couple of generations now of Americans, that there is no right and wrong. Okay, nobody has taught anything like that. But you know what? Why is it any of your God business what a parent teaches their kid? I thought you were all about parents' rights and all that stuff. Now, he's not for parents' rights, never was. You know what he's in favor of? Accomplishing his goal of enforcing his beliefs on other people around him. That's what he's in favor of. He doesn't care if there are Muslims in the country or Hindu or Buddhists or whatever. He doesn't care. They will all be Christian or they will all be dead. Seems to be the view that this guy takes that it's about survival of the fittest and you evolve from the primordial slime. Why is that life of any sacred value? Because there's nobody sacred to whom it's owed. Okay, that's a complete bastardization of what people to the left of hunting the homeless for sport believe, unlike this guy. But okay, go on. None of this should surprise us. And it leads in, in the next slide for me, it leads into just uh, chaos. I thought it said tooth decay. Okay, wow. Well... You know, truth decay isn't quite as bad as tooth decay. I'll take truth decay over tooth decay any day. So there's that. This guy is insane. And he's the Speaker of the House right now. May not be in a week, may not be in a year, two years, five years, I don't know. But the fact is, people like this guy, people like Mike Johnson, are in there. They're in positions of power. I'd never heard of the dude before he became Speaker of the House. But... That fact should reveal to you that there are a billion people out there, in Congress specifically. Well, there are 538 members of Congress total. 438, I believe, are from the House of Representatives, and then 100 are senators or something like that. 438 or so House members in there. How many of those House members are like this guy right here? Mike Johnson is a step past what most people would publicly say. He just comes out with it. His wife couldn't make it to his, uh, what, I don't know what you call it, his coronation, his swearing in or whatever as Speaker of the House. So he tried to give a, an explanation of why she couldn't be there for this. October 25th, 2023. She spent the last uh, couple of weeks on her knees in prayer to the Lord, and um, she's a little worn out. She didn't want to be there, did she, Mike? I got to tell you, man. I don't believe that she spent the last couple of weeks on her knees in prayer to Jesus, first of all. Second, if she did, she needs help desperately. And third, why is it that these people constantly use obviously terrible euphemisms and, and hand signs and things like that? Why are they always talking about being strong on their knees? Lauren Boebert has said this exact thing. I'm stronger on my knees than something, something, whatever. I don't even know. And then there's this guy. He's a, uh, you know, you can't really make it out because it's really grainy, but he's a domestic terrorist that was a member of Congress and 
was removed from his position as a member of Congress for sedition, basically. He was feeding information to people who were battling the U.S. government directly. Anyway, he, domestic terrorism is what he was charged with, I think, officially. And bizarrely, I mean, he's a Christian extremist, of course, and bizarrely, you see the crowd making the weirdest hand signs. Just watch this. To stand on the foundation, the rock, Jesus Christ. Okay, why are people doing the Hitler salute? These are Christians. Why'd they pick that hand sign? Couldn't Christians have picked anything else? I, I will take anything other than the Hitler salute. Why is it that they're constantly talking about being strongest on their knees? Please. You are setting yourself up for jokes here, okay? Anyway, the fascinating thing about uh, Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House, is that some of the Trump prophets, namely Shane Vaughn, dude believes that Trump is the son of man that's going to spark Armageddon or whatever other thing. He's basically taking Jesus' spot. He's the second coming, effectively. He believes that of Trump. He claims to have received divine prophecy from God that Jim Jordan was going to be the next house speaker. Oopsie daisy. Uh, looks like, yeah, this dude's just picking those oopsie daisies all day, every day, seemingly. So he comes out here and makes a prediction. Listen to this. Mid-October 2023. I'm sorry. Prophecy, not prediction. Prophecy. Just hours ago, Jim Jordan was nominated to be the next speaker of the house. Of course, this is like long before Mike Johnson was nominated. Now, this spells major trouble for the Democrats. So let me just sing my little song real quick. I told you so. Of course, he was wrong. So this song means nothing. Okay, go ahead. Sing it, Shane. Oh, I told you so. You know why? Tell me, Shane, why? Because Professor Toto... That's what he calls himself. Many times can see the news behind the news. Because you're divinely ordained, right? God has given you the power to see this stuff. And this was Yahweh's plan from the beginning. Kevin McCarthy got in the way, but Donald Trump removed Kevin McCarthy. Today, Jim... You catch that? This was Yahweh's plan. Kevin McCarthy got in the way, so Donald Trump removed him. Because Trump is some anointed, special character in his theology. Seriously. Today, Jim Jordan is preparing to step in as leader and speaker of the House of Representatives. He is the proxy of Donald Trump. Literally, Donald Trump is the speaker of the House. We've had a... Dude, I love how wrong this guy is. I'm just eating this up for real. This is so fantastic, right? He had no idea what he's talking about, and he was so confidently claiming that he did. We've had a great victory today, a great victory. Jim Jordan will be the next Speaker of the House. No. Just as Professor Toto told you so. Oh, I told you so. I told you so. Yes, I told you so. Uh, go, go ahead, continue. Don't let me stop you. Anyway, God, it's so stupid, man. It is so ridiculous on every level.
It's an embarrassment, seriously. How does this guy get up and face people after making a false prediction like this? I'm sorry, not even a prediction. How does he face people after making a failed prophecy like this? Really? Well, I'll tell you how he faces people after doing that. He just comes out here and does it. Late October 2023, this is after Mike Johnson won the speaker's position and Jim Jordan unequivocally lost it. This is what he had to say. Check it out. This is his eating crow moment, I suppose you'd say. Mike Johnson is Jim Jordan. Uh, because No. No, Mike Johnson is Mike Johnson, and Jim Jordan is Jim Jordan, Shane. Okay? You failed. You claimed to be speaking from God, and you lied. You know, the Bible has a specific prescription for people who do that. Not that I stand for it. I'm just saying... The Bible has a specific description of what's supposed to happen when somebody does that and how to tell that they're falsely prophesying. Uh, Because he is Jim Jordan's protege. We all wanted Jim Jordan. but Mm, I don't think we all did. Look at this. He's got a little Jewish scarf in the corner here. That's crazy. Why does a Christian have one of those? That doesn't make any sense. But the difference in Mike and Jim is that Jim has a lot of haters, a lot more haters than Mike Johnson has, only because Jim Jordan has been in the limelight and the spotlight, whereas Mike Jordan has not been. I suppose that uh, Jim Jordan has been in the spotlight, and people have had an opportunity to see who he really is, because he's shown us. You know, he has backed Donald Trump to his dying breath in disturbing disgusting horrific ways as it turns out mike johnson has done the same thing he will do the same thing stand loyal to donald trump but he doesn't have a bad reputation yet he doesn't have no people didn't even know who he was so no one had time to like find out what he believes and what he's espoused and all that stuff you know so everyone that was for jim jordan myself included you can be happy because Mike Johnson is Jim Jordan. He tells everyone that Jim Jordan is his mentor. And anytime someone's your mentor, then you become a duplicate of them. No. What are you talking about? This is insane. You become a duplicate of your mentor? You shouldn't be a duplicate of anybody. That's what cults do. They create clones. They create duplicates. What is wrong with this guy? Seriously. Like, I I don't know who is more unhinged from reality right now. Mike Johnson? I I keep wanting to say Mike Jones. Mike Johnson or Shane Vaughn? Tell me in the comments, which one is more unglued from reality? Shane Vaughn or Mike Johnson? Let's listen to one more line from Mike Johnson for good measure so you know who we're dealing with right now. Late October 2023. And that's why it's so jarring to be sitting in the greatest deliberative body in the world, the United States Congress, Mm -hmm. and to hear elected representatives of the people. You know, every member of Congress, every member of the House represents roughly 760,000 citizens, right? right? So there's a singular voice on behalf of all those people. And some of these voices now are in this chamber arguing that our rights do not come from God. Mm -hmm. Okay, wait a minute. 
people are arguing in the house chamber that our rights don't come from God? Who? When? Tell me when this happened. Who was arguing this? Let's give me the information. We'll take a look. I don't believe you. I think this guy is lying through his teeth. I don't ever remember a time when Democrats have opposed religion in government or whatever at all. Opposed religion in any way, honestly. I don't remember that ever happening. But for the record, our rights don't come from God. The point of that line in the Declaration of Independence, our God-given rights, was to say our rights come from outside of government. Government doesn't grant these rights to us. We have them by default. That's the point. It's not a right that government grants you, and it's not something they can take. Government is not allowing me to speak my mind. I'm speaking my mind. Government is barred from stopping me, basically. That's the idea. I don't know what people he thinks are arguing with that, but okay, go on. That our rights do not come from God. Mm. How you know, think about how scary that is. If you, if you believe your rights come from government. Okay, now wait a second. They didn't say their rights came from government. They said the rights didn't come from God. That's different. And also, who are these people? Who are you talking about right now? Then it means you don't really owe any allegiance at all to God. Yeah. Oh boy, that'd be scary, huh? Not owing allegiance to God? Imagine. At all to God? Yeah. You have no accountability. Well, you're not free. You're not free. Oh, I guess being a slave to Jesus makes you free. Okay, that's that's new. I, I hadn't heard that one. Because the people who are governing you and giving you things... In exchange for those things, mm-hmm. always comes a sacrifice of your liberty. Absolutely. Okay, wait a minute. So things that you're being given, you have to lose liberty to receive? That doesn't even make sense. I pay into Social Security. At the end of my life, I should get Social Security money back. That's not me getting free stuff. That's me paying for something and getting the money back, getting a return on it. Government doesn't give anything out for free. It's paid for by taxpayers. I I have no clue what he's going on about right now. Like, he's trying to twist this into some kind of a far-right argument, but he's, like, failing miserably and just making himself look like a complete nutcase, look like the nutcase that he actually is. Jesus, dude. This guy's insane. I've played, like, surface-level stuff from this guy, okay? I haven't even scratched the surface with this. Politico has an article titled 55 Things You Need to Know About Mike Johnson. Let me just kind of skim through a few of them, okay? Johnson once said, all I ever aspired to be was a fireman. Number two, his father was a firefighter in Shreveport and suffered burns over 80% of his body in 1984. Oh, God, that sucks. In an explosion that killed a fire captain, Johnson was 12. His parents, he is recalled, wouldn't let us be firemen after that. Oh. I saw an actual miracle of my father surviving when they said that he shouldn't, he said. It made me a person of very deep faith. No, you know what made you a person of very deep faith? The extremists around you that were trying to brainwash you into it. That's what. He was elected in 2015 
unopposed in a special election to the Louisiana House of Representatives, serving parts of two incomplete terms. Uh, so he's like super inexperienced. Interesting. He was elected in 2016 in a runoff to represent Louisiana's fourth district in the U.S. House of Representatives. So he's like barely in the House of Representatives. Okay. He is the least experienced Speaker of the House in 140 years. He was the fourth nominee for the job after the ouster of Kevin McCarthy. He earned an undergraduate business degree in 95 from Louisiana State University, where he was public relations director of Kappa Sigma Fraternity. He received his law degree in 98 from LSU. Wow, okay, so he's a lawyer. He received his law degree. Interesting. He married the former Kelly Larry in 1999 in a covenant marriage, kind of marriage that makes it harder to get a divorce. I didn't know there was such a thing as a covenant marriage. What the hell is a covenant marriage? I didn't know people could get a covenant marriage. Is that a thing in the United States? Covenant marriages require premarital counseling as well as counseling prior to filing for divorce. And parties in a covenant marriage may only seek legal separation or divorce for limited reasons. What? Why does covenant marriage exist? It's a legally distinct kind of marriage in three states, Arizona, Arkansas, and Louisiana. There you go. He's in Louisiana. In which marrying spouses agree to obtain premarital counseling and accept more limited grounds for seeking divorce, the least strict of which being the couple lives apart from each other for two years. Why does this exist? This should not exist. So he married somebody in a covenant marriage. My God. Is he still married to her, I wonder? Yes, yes. He is still married to her, apparently. 1999. Wow, he's been married to her for 24 years. Okay. My wife and I both come from traditional Christian households, he once said. My own parents are divorced. As anyone who goes through that knows, that was a traumatic thing for our whole family. I'm a big proponent of marriage and fidelity and all the things that go with it. Two-parent households perform better. They have better outcomes for the children. That's true. But you know what has an even worse outcome than a family where the parents get divorced? A family where one of the parents is terribly abusive and they don't get divorced. That's pretty terrible for everybody. You shouldn't stay in a marriage or relationship or whatever simply for the sake of staying in. That makes things so much worse. He and his wife appeared on ABC's Good Morning America to support Louisiana's newly passed marriage covenant law. My God, dude, what is this marriage covenant stuff? Mike Johnson molds Republican messaging as fifth. Oh, my God. No more pop-ups, please. No pop-ups. Anyway, the point is he's a fan of covenant marriage. She's a former school teacher and a licensed pastoral counselor. They have four children, two daughters and two sons. That's his wife, I guess. Okay, there, sh there should not be such a term as pastoral counselor. Either there's a therapist that's licensed by the state, or, hell, that's it. You shouldn't be going to pastoral counselors for anything. You should be going to licensed therapists, licensed by the state. They also have a podcast called Truth Be Told. Oh, God. Mike Johnson has a podcast. You know what? I'm going to write that down. Maybe I'll take a look at it later. Truth Be Told. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I am hitting that at some point. That I bet anything that is absolutely psychotic. Before he ran for office, Mike Johnson was a litigator for conservative causes, such as the Alliance Defending Freedom, for two decades. 
Wow, he's a litigator. That's interesting. There are different categories of law, basically. Policy, litigation, and, well, primarily policy and litigation in uh, certain areas like public interest. So he's a litigator. That's actually very, very hard to be a litigator, I understand. From 2004 to 2012, Johnson served as a trustee of the Southern Baptist Convention's Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. Really? He was in charge of ethics for the Southern Baptist Convention. Huh. How about that? As a lawyer for the Alliance Defense Fund, the precursor of the Alliance Defending Freedom, Johnson wrote editorials for his local paper that called homosexuality inherently unnatural. Your race, creed, and sex are what you are, while homosexuality and cross-dressing are things you do, he wrote. This is a free country, but we don't give special protections for every person's bizarre choices. Fascinating. Well, the dude doesn't even believe it's a free country, actually. He has a vested interest in forcing people into the box that he wants them to be in. He's an ardent opponent of same-sex marriage. In the Louisiana House, he proposed the Marriage and Conscience Act, preventing adverse treatment by the state of anyone based on their views on marriage. The bill, in view of the critics, protects people who discriminate against same-sex couples. Protecting discrimination. That's what this dude did when he was in office in Louisiana. He defended Louisiana's same-sex marriage ban before the Supreme Court in 2004 and again in 2014. Wow. So he was one of the litigators that argued against same-sex marriage in front of the Supreme Court. He's extremely influential. He was quiet. He was in the background. Nobody knew who he was, but he was one of those extremely influential people. You know another person that's extremely influential in that same way and doesn't like to have attention drawn to him by the other side? David Barton. David Barton is actually revered by Mike Johnson, as a matter of fact, the guy that we're talking about right now. David Barton is basically the source of pretty much all of the extreme nonsense you hear coming out of the far right. He came up with a lot of that propaganda. He claims to be a constitutional scholar. He is not. He doesn't have a degree in this at all. I think he has like a theology degree, four-year degree from Oral Roberts University or something like that. Not an expert in anything by any stretch of the imagination, but this is him, David Barton. In the intervening years, he built up this public presence for himself among evangelicals, came up with propaganda techniques, and tried to radicalize every church that he visited. He claimed that there was a something called the Black Robe Regiment. Back in the 1700s when the U.S. was fighting for freedom, these Black Robe Regiment people were pastors who were militarizing their churches. After the service, they would give them guns and they would train them on how to use them and everything, and then they would go to war against the British for American independence. As it turns out, that's all fake. It's completely made up by David Barton, this guy. And Mike Johnson is a massive fan of the guy. Talks about him all the time. Talks about the ideas that he has espoused. Interestingly enough, actually, David Barton is also in control of a Donald Trump super PAC. It was a PAC for Ted Cruz. And when Cruz lost the primary in 2016 against Trump, the PAC went to Donald Trump and David Barton was at the head fascinatingly. 
Anyway, Jesus Christ, dude. Mike Johnson's got problems for real. Throughout his career, Mike Johnson authored many bills aiming to restrict abortion access, including the Unborn Child Protection from, Di from Dismemberment Abortion Act. Really? The Second Chance at Life Act regarding reversing medical abortions and the Protect the Unborn Act. It's just whacked out, dude. I don't even know what else to call this. He led a life march of some 7,000 people in Shreveport, Bossier City in 2015 and again in 2016. He was in Congress by then, I believe. He opposes the legislation of marijuana, even medical marijuana, having called it a gateway drug really you know how you take the wind out of the sails of a gateway drug you know how you remove the gateway part of it so that it's not a gateway drug anymore you legalize it no like facts and information and logic mean nothing to this dude there's nothing that's piercing this thick skull of his we're the first country in the world who said our rights aren't derived by a king but by our creator well it's interesting. That's what I was talking about earlier. It's not that they're not derived by a king, but by our creator. It's that they come from outside government. Our rights are inherent to our existence. We have these rights by default. Government doesn't grant them to us. That's what that means. He said in co-authoring a bill that asked that the state's elementary school students memorize and recite a portion of the Declaration of Independence... The bill received considerable support in the Louisiana House, but never made it past Senate committees. Oh, thanks. Dude, this is crazy. I'm sorry. I, I swear a lot sometimes. I'll, I'll mute that out. He's among a vast majority of lawmakers who voted to discourage the state's law enforcement and government agencies from working with the Council on American-Islamic Relations, a Muslim civil rights organization. Wow. He didn't even want to work with the Council on Is American Islamic Relations. He said the effort was aimed against people who believed in the Islamic faith, but simply was about opposing terrorism. All of us here are opposed to terrorism, he said, according to the Associated Press at the time. That's all this is about. Okay, wow. Number 26. In 2016, he won his seat in the northwest corner of the state by more than 30 points against a pro-life, pro-gun Democrat. Wow, that's surprising. Okay. As a matter of practicality and constitutional principle, the federal government should only be involved in disaster recovery when the scope of a disaster is so catastrophic that it overwhelms the capabilities of state and local governments. Bro, what do you think the government does? Do you think the government is out here just helping people all willy-nilly? Like, whatever, you know what? See a homeless guy on the street? Oh, I'm so sorry. Let me offer you some help. You think the government's out here doing that, really? I'd love it if that was happening. It's not. So he argued that the government shouldn't get involved when there was support for lobbying for aid for disaster relief in the wake of recent flooding in, in the Shreveport area where he's from, I guess. Allowing a lower standard for federal funding is simply unsustainable because it creates an incentive for state governments to seek aid for even small routine events. This is a joke, dude. In terms of financial assistance from the federal government, there's no doubt that that will be necessary, he said the following summer as Hurricane Harvey headed toward Louisiana. Huh, convenient, curious. He needed help for his state, and suddenly he's all about federal 
aid, federal assistance. A climate science skeptic, he's raked in more campaign cash in his congressional career from the oil and gas industry than any other industry, and he's repeatedly downplayed climate change, according to E&E. Huh, weird. How about that? Think maybe there's some connection there? Just tossing it out. In 2017, Johnson supported Trump's Muslim ban executive order, which restricted travel to the U.S. from seven predominantly Muslim countries. I remember that. Simply because they were Muslim, Trump is trying to ban them from coming in. There, I mean, it's right in the Constitution. There will be no religious test. I don't know how you make that any clearer, but he was apparently in favor of it, right? Because he's a Christian nationalist extremist at heart. That's what he believes in. That's what he does. That's what he loves. This is not an effort to ban any religion, but rather an effort to adequately protect our homeland. We live in a dangerous world, and this important measure will help us balance freedom and security, Johnson said of the order. Come up with any excuse to be bigoted against a, a demographic of people. In 2018, Johnson was one of a group of Republicans arguing for student-led prayer holy shit, and religious expression in public schools under the First Amendment. I mean, this is Christian nationalism clear as day, right? I don't know how else to interpret this. He's currently serving his second term as vice chair of the House Republican Conference and serves on the House Judiciary Committee. Oh, God, the Judiciary Committee? What do they do on the Judiciary Committee? Let's find out. No need to wonder. Just loaded up our question guns. Let's go answer hunting. In addition to its role in conducting oversight and consideration of nominations, the Senate Judiciary Committee also considers legislation, resolutions, messages, petitions, memorials, and other matters as provided for in the standing rules of the Senate. Okay. So basically, judicial appointments. That's pretty much what he does. Wow. Jesus, dude. Johnson, who sits on the House Armed Services Committee, supports ending American military aid in Ukraine during its war with Russia. Of course. Why would I expect any differently from this guy? He's rated as the 27th most effective Republican member of Congress by the Center for Effective Lawmaking at Vanderbilt. That's insane. Reason enough to do everything we can to remove him from Congress by voting against him. Oh, like he's in Louisiana, right? What district is he in? He's in uh, Louisiana's 4th District since 2017. House Interactive Map. Let's look at the 2022 House Map. I don't if you guys have never been to this website, it's actually extremely useful. It's called 270towin.com. Shows you an interactive map of every district, every everything everywhere and you can look at the house votes, the senate votes and the presidential vote. And this is like a map of the house in 2024. Right now it looks like there are 25 house seats up for grabs that are in contested districts. Democrats a little bit behind at 203, most likely 203 seats, and Republicans at 207 with those 25 contested seats. So his is Louisiana District 4. Mississippi, here it is. This is him right here, this one. This big district right here that I have my mouse over. Can I, wait, full size? Yeah, there we go, okay. Yeah, so this one, it, it's this district right here. And it looks like it's solidly red. That website is based on polls that have been taken. So he's looking really strong for re-election in, in uh, 2024, sadly. Solid Republican. We've got to get out there and vote, guys.
He was uh, part of Trump's inner circle and traveled regularly with him on Air Force One while he was president. It's surreal, he once told the Shreveport reporter. When I call him, he calls back within a couple of hours. He was an eager backer of the nomination of the Supreme Court of Amy Coney Barrett, a friend since 1988. Wow, he's friends with Amy Coney Barrett since 88. That's crazy. I've just called President Trump to say this. Stay strong and keep fighting, sir. The nation is depending upon your resolve. We must exhaust every available legal remedy to restore Americans' trust in fairness of our election system. He posted on social media four days after the election in 2020. So he's an election denier. He was let wait. He was lead organizer of the December 2020 amicus brief in support of Texas v. Pennsylvania, the Supreme Court lawsuit contesting the election results. So an amicus brief is kind of a, an argument that you submit to a court ahead of the court deliberations or, or proceedings or whatever. People send in amicus briefs and depending on how influential and well known and reliable those people are or those organizations are their amicus briefs their their arguments will likely make it f closer to the top of the pile and be sorted by aides and then the best ones will probably be given to the justices or the judges or the whatever whoever it is magistrates i guess probably do that too i don't know anyway that's what an amicus brief is so he was the lead organizer of the amicus brief for texas v pennsylvania the Supreme Court lawsuit contesting the election results. I don't see a grand conspiracy, he said in the middle of that month. What I see is a lot of chaos and confusion across the land, and the result is that this election will have this giant question mark hanging over it. I saw a new poll. A huge amount of the country doubts the election and thinks it was stolen from Donald Trump. Right, because polls are always 100% correct, absolutely. That, that's smart thinking there, Mike. A huge amount of the country doubts the election and thinks it was stolen from Trump. 36% of registered voters in America believe the election was stolen. That is a problem. Whether it was stolen or not, the fact that such a huge swath of the country believes that is something that should keep all of us up at night. Oh, it does. It does. And I am a lawyer. I don't engage in conspiracy theory. I want to deal in fact and truth, he added. Really? Could have fooled me. Knock me over with a feather. Trump, he believes, is an institutionalist. Now, Trump is a Trumpist. He'll do whatever it takes to further his own goals and interests, actually. But okay. He doesn't articulate it in the same way that some old constitutional law nerds would, he said. But that's what he is. Insane. On January 6th, Johnson voted against certifying the 2020 election. Why am I not surprised? Here's point number 46. As a member of the House Judiciary Committee, Johnson was one of Trump's fiercest defenders in his impeachment hearings, leading Trump to include him in his defense team for the Senate impeachment trial in which he was acquitted. About this, Johnson said his ultimate gesture of trust was asking me to serve on the impeachment defense team. It was an extraordinary experience. I mean, Trump was guaranteed to be acquitted anyways because on, on both of his impeachment hearings. In the Senate, eventually he was going to be acquitted because it was controlled by Republicans. And you need a really high bar to get removed from office in an impeachment. You need two-thirds of the senators, I believe, to vote against you. And that's just never going to happen, that kind of split in the, in the Senate. Not anytime soon, in my opinion. 
Number 47, Johnson, along with all other House Republican leaders in 2021, voted against establishing a national commission to investigate the January 6th insurrection. Why am I not surprised by that one either? Johnson had been floated as speaker before. In 2022, Representative Andy Biggs, who is the head of the Freedom Caucus, the extremists, I believe, proposed Johnson as speaker over Kevin McCarthy. After the House voted to remove McCarthy as speaker earlier this month, Florida Representative Matt Gates showed his support for Johnson as a candidate. I don't know how the dude came out of left field. Nobody saw this coming. Number 49, running for Congress in 2016, he signed the Congressional Term Limits Pledge of the organization called U.S. Term Limits. I pledge that as a member of Congress, I will co-sponsor the vote for the U.S. Term Limits Amendment of three House terms. I love it. Yes. Let's have that. Three House terms. That's six years you get in the House of Representatives. That means this dude should be gone now, right? He was elected in 2017. So 2019, 2021, 2024. He shouldn't be running again, right? He should be done. How much you want to bet he's going to reverse course on that one? He's in his fourth term. Oh, he's already in his fourth term. I thought he was in his third term. <laughs> Hypocrisy knows no bounds. They don't care. Influence and access is everything in Washington, he said in early 2020. Oh, I'm sure. No doubt. The reason I worked hard to be at the leadership table is because I want to help develop what the overall message is. Johnson has said of his leadership style, if you're not at the leadership table, you pretty much have to be a team player and go along with it. I like the kids table better. Kids table is fun and that's where all the cool people are. Number 53 of 56. He recently led a hearing on limiting gender-affirming care. Again, why am I not surprised by this? Sex isn't something you're assigned at birth. Uh, yes, it is. What are you talking about? It is a prenatal development that occurs when every unborn child is in its mother's womb. Okay, I, I suppose, but it's assigned once you're born. They put it on the piece of paper. You can't surgically free yourself or someone else from this fact of life. You know what? Maybe you can't. But what if you could? Would you feel the same? What if one day we are capable of changing our sex, like actually changing the chromosomes and the everything? Take a pill, and now you're the exact opposite sex that you were before. What then? Would he endorse the existence of the pill, or would he oppose it? Would he show bigotry against people who take it? Of course he would. The argument isn't about, you know, they can't change their sex that they have right now. It's immutable, blah, blah, blah. It's not about that. They don't even care about that. If it was an option, they would still hate trans people. Today, nearly one in four high school students identifies as LGBTQ. Okay, I don't know if that's even true, but sure. Okay, so what? Who cares? Whether it's by scalpel or by social coercion from teachers, professors, he thinks that teachers are coercing students to be trans, what, or gay? And left-wing media, it's an attempt to transition the young people of our country. Something has gone terribly wrong. This dude lives in a fantasy land, man, for real. This is number 54. I think he's going to be a fantastic speaker, Trump said Wednesday at the courthouse in New York where he's on trial for business fraud. Okay, fair enough. That's true. Number 55, if you don't... Oh, I thought there were 56 for some reason. This is the final one. If you don't think that moving from Kevin McCarthy to MAGA Mike Johnson 
shows the ascendance of this movement and where the power in the Republican Party truly lies, Gates said Wednesday morning on Steve Bannon's podcast, then you're not paying attention. That's a good point. I can appreciate that point. MAGA has taken the reins of power. They are a an extremely small minority. They do not represent almost anybody in America. It's a very small grouping, but they're throwing their weight around and forcing people to bend to their will. <sighs> anyway, this guy's nuts. Like I said, he's not very well known, and maybe he'll just disappear eventually. I don't know. Maybe he'll just, like, he'll be voted out as speaker and then he'll lose his election like who knows who knows for sure i don't i don't know but he's representative of a lot of people in the republican party right now and it needs to be addressed let me know what you think about it in the comments that's all i've got for you if you like what i do and you want to see me continue to do it don't forget to check me out on patreon and take a look at my youtube channels owen morgan where i talk about religious issues telltale fireside chat where i talk about politics Telltale Unfiltered, where I do long-form breakdowns of stuff like this, and Telltale Reads, where I read books by televangelists and others. I release everything in parts, but every part stands independently of the last, so you can jump in anywhere and I'll make sure it makes sense. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of all my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything. All links are in the description. Okay, thanks for watching, guys.